Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 160, episode 3 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Wednesday, November 18th, 2020, Mm. 63 days until January 20th. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Farmore G. He will all be fucking tonight. Uh, that is an Uncle Cracker, a.k.a. <laughs> courtesy of uh, Zach Van Moose. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! My homie Jack Hustin trying to make us something And the telling addicts, yo, get that paper PlayStation's great, I'm baked all day Today, I'm a smooth second rater This time riding make you feel like miles of great That customizer make you feel like miles of great That bitch co-host got you feeling like miles of great Her majesty got me feeling like miles of great like Miles are great. Okay, thank you so much wow. to Christy Yamaguchi Main. Got me feeling some type of way by Rich Homie Kwan. Yeah. Uh, that, I think that was on Twitter and Discord. All angles. But yes, thank you. Also, fuck art. One more time. That is art. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented, the brilliant Brody Reed. Hey, 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 hey. Hi, guys. Um, Hi, great hey. to be here. Miles, thank you for treating me to that concert. Uh, it was the only concert I've been to this year. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I was just looking at my own Zoom window. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, this show's cool. That was amazing. I miss you guys. How are you? How have you been since Same. the election and whatnot? Oh, you know. What not? Know. Yeah, what not? We've been what not? <laughs> Feeling it all. I'm yeah. like angry, sad, relieved, happy, then angry again, thinking about what... Th- what the, the next four years will bring oh, oh yeah, yeah for sure i spent the whole um election week like in a pre-depressed disparity like i was really just like trying to force myself to be as sad as possible and then i just came out of it like a <laughs> cocoon yeah um, and on election night i actually i just ended up watching like fast and the furious tokyo drift i watched the whole thing because i was like hey. this is more interesting we're not gonna find out for a couple of days yeah <laughs> yeah and but, yeah. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift was in many ways about the 2020 election. If you think Thank about you. it. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. His license plate said hindsight. No one ever caught that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, at the time when I was just kind of like I I know it could be over, but there's still so much damage done and like I'm having trouble finding like the joy in it aside from the relief. Like the relief was there, yeah. but the joy wasn't. And I think the oh, meme that summed it up. Are you still talking about Tokyo Drift or are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tokyo Drift, Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. Drift. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so like we thought that this might be the last Fast and the Furious movie. It might be over, but yeah, right, joy, right, right. Yeah, relief, joy. I think the meme that like summed it up that I kept seeing was uh, in Forrest Gump when uh, Lieutenant Dan's they go to like that New Year's party and Lieutenant Dan is like this, like all sullen while all this confetti's <laughs> falling down for the New Year. Damn. But now I'm, you know, I'm relieved. You know, I'm just cooking. You know, yeah, we're cooking. You know, um, we're cooking. Uh, <laughs> all right, Brody. Uh, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners just a few of the stories we're talking about. We're gonna talk about just the straight up uh, attempt by uh, Lindsey Graham to rat fuck the election in Georgia, mm-hmm. in particular. Uh, one of his own GOP homies told on him. But yeah, they're straight up trying to do election fraud. So we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the president's attempt to bomb Iran on the way out, just to kind of put a punctuation mark on his presidency. Mm. It seems like we're gonna talk about the rumors coming out of the Biden transition team that he is not gonna pursue a Trump investigation because he just wants to move forward. Just wants to play nice. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk mm-hmm. more fight clubs. This time at McGill in Montreal, there was a fight club. We'll talk about Michael Bay's new pandemic thriller. Uh, we'll talk about Parlor, all of that, plenty more. But first, Brody, we like to ask our guests what is something from your search history uh, that you don't want us to know about? 
Um, I mean, I'm pretty open about all of my, the things that I, uh, I do search, but I am a little bit embarrassed, um, that it's two weeks after Halloween and my search history is so full of Halloween stuff. Uh, I just can't, <laughs> can't get enough of spooky stuff. <laughs> That's all um, what do you mean? Like you look like you want to buy spooky stuff? Like um, looking at spooky shit to put in the house? You know, yeah. I'm goth and you guys knew that. You guys mm-hmm. accepted that. I'm a goth American. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I do want some spooky stuff in my house. I do have a couple spooky things. Like I have a large kimono on a wall. Um, yeah. I had a blackout like a week ago and it, it was very creepy. <laughs> um, oh. Stuff like that. Um, so the thing that I ser- have, have been... St- I think the weirdest thing that I've searched uh, or still keep searching is um, this thing called um, Jimmy. I'm trying to pronounce it right, but it's Halloween costumes that are like um, very like mundane and like specific. It's like a Japanese trend called Jimmy. Yeah. Um, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like just meaning like subdued, like just plain. Totally. Just like plain (laughs) Halloween costumes of like someone who has like, has too many pens in their pocket or someone who's like waiting in line, but they're like busy to go somewhere else. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So so, yes. Like a very Japanese bit to just be like, no, these are Jimmy. Like (laughs) it's like someone who dressed up as like, Oh, I dress up as someone who has a lanyard and it's flipped the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Guy who can definitely tell the difference between good and bad coffee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things, <laughs> oh, you have to explain it. It's is pretty much my favorite thing. Uh, your your search has ruined my day because now this is all I'm going to be looking at. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, some of these are super brilliant. Like they, they, it's not always just like super mundane. Like one of them is a woman with her face painted as a standard Zoom background, like a little piece of a standard zoom background <laughs> and her costume is that weird thing that sometimes happen with zoom meeting backgrounds <laughs> uh, and then they have like bystanders from a famous frame in jojo's bizarre adventure they just have like a dude from the background of that oh, oh you awesome. fuck with jojo oh i'm just looking at this oh okay uh, well, sure. absolutely jack does jack is yeah. on that jojo jack shit. loves so, golden I, I see his jojo memes he'd be posting you know you know me uh, what is something you think is overrated, Brody? Um, something I think is overrated, and um, this might just be directed at my old roommates, but I think um, it's overrated when people put water in soap dispensers when the soap is running out. Um, I'm really tired of this, and I, I want to be like the advocate for people stopping this behavior. Um, cut soap. Yeah, it's just yeah. like oh, we're we're running out of soap. It, uh, the dispenser doesn't work anymore. I know what we'll do. We'll, we'll activate it. Let's put some water in it, even though we already use water with soap every time we wash our hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, it annoys me. It always grosses me out when I when I feel it. <laughs> right, yeah, like loose soap. Yeah, when the viscosity is not right. Ugh. It's like it's like colder. It's yeah. yeah. It's, no it's almost like you're like, what the fuck was that? You know what Feels I mean? like it's someone sneezed into your hand. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yes, yes, yes. And yes. yet, and yet, I have done this uh, because the, this is the move you do You're when you don't have the refill. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have the refill yet, and you have like there's like some at the bottom, like in the corners, but you don't. Sure. You yeah, can't I, like the the little soap hose or the uh, soap reach. straw doesn't reach the corners. Uh, and so you just like put in a little water, shake it around. Uh, oh, okay. and just yeah, I can, I can Voila. understand a little water for sure. It's when yeah, you yeah. fill up the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You go three full <laughs> yeah. refills just so, like, with just right. water. It's like, this is just liquid in here. Def- yeah. It doesn't even, it just doesn't bring me any comfort. No one gets place, water coming out. Uh, placebo effect with the thing that kills the bacteria is in your house. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as long as there's one solitary bubble that I can form when I like rub my hands, then there's still enough soap. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Don't, don't cheap yourself. Go with that raw uncut soap. You know what I mean? Don't step on it. Don't cut it with water. Just give yourself the cleanliness you deserve. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cut it with baking soda or, or baby laxative. Or you're speed. washing your hands with baking soda. Uh, call me. I need to talk to you. I need to figure out what's going on with you. <laughs> it's, uh, if there's anyone out there who's like, there's like, you have you heard about this though? Uh, that's a story I do want to hear. If someone's like, no, no, I don't use soap anymore. Don't use soap. Baking soda now. 
<laughs> baking soda is like a isn't that a toothbrush like a teeth cleaning uh hack yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but just not hit you can't wash your hands at all i mean I as i look right now you can make a paste using three tablespoons of baking soda with one tablespoon water mixed thoroughly and use any paste hand cleaner so not only will wow. your hands get very clean but your skin will thank you for not using harsh toxins you happened <laughs> upon uh the the secret to clean hands yeah um what is something so you, you can think cut is cocaine and soap with baking soda yeah <laughs> <laughs> who knew uh what's something you think is underrated um something i think is underrated is and hopefully you guys share this with me but hostess cupcakes um mm. specifically the orange kind i Ooh. like orange hostess cupcakes i can only find them in some convenience stores i can never find them in a grocery store i can never find them in a pack bigger than two um sometimes they just don't have them um they sustain me sometimes uh when i'm like i don't know really stoned or whatever but mm -hmm. uh they're delicious um i don't know if you guys have fucked with the citrus i mean because <laughs> so when i in my mind the hostess regular one is the chocolate brown one right. with the white swirly on top right uh -huh. And it's then, the oh, okay, thing. this is the one except it's orange colored. Yes. And it's orange flavored because, you know, truth be told, I've only messed around with the with the normie, the norm core. Just the icing. And yes, I want I do want both of you to treat yourselves. Okay. Um, I mean, so you guys haven't experimented with the rest of the host's catalog. Have you guys had a <laughs> snowball before? I'm, I'm host curious, but I haven't fully dove yeah, in yeah. yet. Oh my gosh! I've definitely okay. had a you snowball. Snowball is the one that's like more marshmallowy <laughs> than you would expect, right? Yeah, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Snowball is the pink, like coconutty marshmallowy yeah. one. That's uh, one that, like, in theory, I should be super into, but I, like the the marshmallowness of it all doesn't doesn't really do it for me. Uh, icing I'm, boy, Jack, show me your praxis. Get into it. Yeah um the i've never had the orange but that sounds so there's like a citrus tang that they've infused into the yeah yes the icing has a little bit of a citrus tang i'm sure it has absolutely mm. no nutritional value oh yeah we're not asking no. about that come on no. yeah okay good yeah there's no vitamin c in there or any of that bad stuff but <laughs> you need um... to fight off scurvy <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is like if we're going to be trash Americans, like this is what America is unique for is like, it's not, we, America doesn't have any cuisine. We have fucking hostess cupcakes that are made with all sorts of unnatural sciences mm -hmm. that make it so that they don't break down over the course of 20 years. Like they'll, they'll still be yeah. moist if you leave them open on a shelf for 20 years. Uh, that is, that's our offering to yeah. uh, <laughs> humanity. I mean, my favorite flavor since a very young age is blue raspberry, and uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. think those are real. Yeah. I don't think blue raspberry is the thing. Oh, <laughs> mine, mine's raspberry. mystery. That's my favorite flavor. If we're going we on straight up airheads, are we talking flavors. airheads? Yeah. yeah. Yo, I mean, when you got that, you're like, yo, little pops. And then they it took one asshole to be like, it's cherry. I'm like, get the fuck out of my face with that. <laughs> Shit, this is fucking mystery, fool. Wait, I thought mystery was just a rotation of different ones without the food coloring. So you can tell what it, it is, but I feel like oh, they definitely they just always relied on like maybe two flavors. Yeah, Whenever yeah. a mystery was a blue raz, <laughs> I lost my mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Running through the streets. <laughs> yeah. You become, yeah. You become that gif of the dude with the, the kid with the dreads and the wind blowing back. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am the kid in that. Uh, I don't know if you guys that. Um, <sighs> Yeah, when Blow Pops made it so that you could do the blue raz, that was, that was a big a big day for me. Um, <laughs> oh I, man! I, or I, to, did you have that thing with the Tootsie Pops? If like you had the wrapper with the star on it, you'd be like, "I demand another one for free." There was a <laughs> urban legend that if you had the one that had a star on top, you could exchange that for a free one. Yeah, uh, I have never which, heard of this. That was born out of my school like snack hut that they would have at the end of the day where you could go and like buy like a fucking thing for like 25 cents. And there they would be like, okay, if you got that, you can come back and we'll give you another one. I tried to do that at like a liquor store and they're like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck out of here, man. I, sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> that, yeah, I think law. we had that at like the, I think we had that at like the fair at my elementary school. So, but, but yeah, I guess it's not, it's not legally binding. 
Uh, this is not legal tender. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to tried to put a down payment on a house with that in my twenties, and it didn't. We're like, excuse me, I have forty thousand of these right here. (laughs) So like, we only accept monopoly money, okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into uh, just a quick update on a story we talked about. How uh, the NYPD. Uh, bust in on a fight club that was happening in a warehouse in the Bronx. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of our listeners actually pointed out a few days ago uh, at McGill University in Montreal, which is like mm-hmm. Canada's Harvard. It's like one of the best schools in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, the freshmen were doing a fight club just out in a park where they had like sent out invitations. So not, not great at the whole fight club thing. They didn't know the, the first rule of fight yeah. club. Yeah. Being not supposed to talk about it, but how'd they get busted? They did put it out on social media. People, <laughs> <laughs> people sent it around, but then the rumor had been that it like they sent it around the uh, campus security went and said that it was a hoax and that it hadn't really happened but that it uh a kid was walking back from the library and walked past the fight club and then like reported it and like took a picture of it um and it was actually happening it was just uh they had switched the location like uh Mm. you know like good teenagers always were any of the um people in the fight club wearing masks that's the real question the list yeah right now So, I mean, I think that... Were they being safe? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think they were not. I think they were, uh, you know, like, what kind of fight maskless, club? Because uh, I know in the grappling. Bronx we heard, oh, my God. Because the Bronx it was like hookah and straight up fighting. And I'm like, yeah. great. It was just, and, then, and so they're, ra- they're just wrestling? They're not, like, punching each other out? Yeah, they said there were oh, three man, guys. Like, the it was organized in the sense that there were three guys who had a box of supplies, including water bottles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, you know, a real fight club. fight club shit right here. Uh, didn't yeah. seem to be clear rules around the fighting. The only ground rules seemed to be uh, no punches to the face and that like, it seemed to emphasize grappling, uh, but there was organized gambling on who would win the fight. Uh, but then they didn't know like what constituted a win. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, so it's just like I don't know if this is a awkward. fight club. This sounds like a like like toxic masculinity, like disguised <laughs> like uh, a hugging party. Yeah. yeah, and they're like they're like no, nah, man, we call it a fight club. Even but I think we, that we, that's we that what physical, we need that physical touch. I think that's all part of it is like the toxic masculinity bans like the ability for men to have like physical contact without with one right. another. And uh, now that we have like COVID, uh, you know, quarantines, like people are really like isolated from one another. And so, you know, this was actually a thesis that John Boyes and Felix Biederman created this documentary called Fighting in the Age of Loneliness. Like, I think it was a couple of years ago where the thesis was like the rise of MMA had corresponded with just like loneliness becoming more and more a thing because we were so physically isolated from one another because of technology. Yeah, sometimes you just want to get in the octagon with your feelings. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a counter one. It's called the homie hugging ring, where it's like, yo, yeah. get your boys in here and hug, man. Do whatever the fuck y'all want. Show each other affection. Let's take money. Let's put money on this. Who can hold the hug the long? Like, it's like, fuck it. Like, if, if that's the answer, like, really, we should be also doing as much. Well, I mean, I think most people, if they're not, if they're in touch with their, you know, ability to be affectionate are doing it, but like, yeah, just embrace it. Literally. Just I hope you develop it. like a Tyler Durden, like alternate personality for this little <laughs> Through <hug> this. club. <laughs> right, right. Hug club, right. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it's Marianne Williamson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it was Miles. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think... I think that's an interesting thing to keep our eye on as like fight clubs are popping up, like the deeper we get into quarantine and like social distancing and isolation. Um, I was in a fight club when I was in high school. Were you really? If I'm going to be honest, we I went to this um, small high school and on Wednesdays we would start at 10 o'clock instead of at eight o'clock. And we had absolutely no supervision during that time. So like in the courtyard, like a couple of us would just be like, let's just fight for like 30 seconds at a time, just wow. like in a friendly way. <laughs> Don't hit each other in the face. 
Um, right. It only lasted for like a couple of months, but um, that was a bonding experience um, compared to, I feel like what this is, which was, well, right. actually maybe they're both sad. Actually. Have your friendships, <laughs> have your friendships from this fight club lasted into adulthood? Do you have fight club um, friends from that? Just a few people, um, and they're like really into stuff like Magic the Gathering now. So, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> what oh are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Cards are a way to have contact with one another, right? Yeah. And they're much yeah. more brutal than um, uh, Fifth. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. Cards. Oh, I'll tap. I'll tap the shit out of this mana card while I summon <laughs> Lord of the Pit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. <laughs> For my we'll magic homies out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. And yeah, I mean, this was not a surprising story. I guess it's just surprising how out in the open it is, but... Uh, I think I've said it's surprising how out in the open it is like a hundred times in the past couple months. So maybe not surprising anymore. But the Georgia Secretary of State, who bowed to GOP pressure and was like, fine, I'll do a recount. Um, and, you know, they weren't finding enough votes for Trump. Uh, and now he has come out and said that uh, people like Lindsey Graham were basically asking him to throw away votes for Biden for with no legal uh justification yeah it feels like that meme where like the two astronauts and they're like the rat fucking was always like it's the republicans <laughs> and then the other one's behind me like it always has been with the gun <laughs> like yeah as much as they want to scream about this ballot fraud or this or even fucking you know lieutenant governor dan patrick in texas being like i will give a million dollars to someone desperate enough to fabricate a story about election fraud but let's be real it's not a million dollars it's twenty five thousand dollars i'm just going to say a million to sweeten the deal um yeah up to a million but minimum guarantee the mg on that 25k so now <laughs> how much money would it take you guys to um do election fraud <laughs> or fabricate a story for about? who to to usher in fascism into the united states I mean, everyone has a prize, Miles. <laughs> right. So if it's to usher in fascism to the United States, I would need... 35 grand, probably. Yeah, I'd at least. 30... Yeah. I mean, enough to pay my Mazda off. I'll give it to you cheaper than that. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, let's talk <laughs> after competitive, this. competitive, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, like, as all these stories come out and we learn more demographically how people were voting and, like, the, uh, all the other ins and outs of Election Day... Now we're hearing more about what the fuck was going on in between Election Day and now. And yeah, Brad Raffensperger, who is the secretary of state for Georgia, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Um, a lot of Republicans were pressing me, including Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, who is basically going around this this line down. Like, how how valid are these legally cast ballots that have been corrected and just like asking questions when he was saying like, yo, it was, it was kind of weird. Uh, and like inappropriate. And he said, quote, in their conversation, Graham questioned Raffensperger about the state's signature matching law and whether political bias could have prompted poll workers to accept ballots with non-matching signatures. Graham also asked whether Raffensperger had the power to toss all mail ballots in counties found to have higher oh. rates of non-matching signatures. So he said, hmm. can you straight up boot as many votes as possible. And he's like, that's actually not the courts have to do that. I don't have the power to do that. Uh, so right. no. So yes. And Raffensperger is a Republican. He's a so Republican. This is, yeah. This but is you know, Republican like, being like, guys, I like, unless you're Chris Kobach, you know, and you're a Republican secretary of state, like there's some level where you do believe that like elections are good enough or worth like not fucking with like this, like mm -hmm. they're asking him to. But I mean, this, this story is just so fucked up because Lindsey Graham is from South Carolina. Yeah. So what the what fuck, the fuck is, he is he doing, doing talking to him? We knew uh, Doug Collins was, you know, hooting and hollering from his seat. So is the Secretary of State of South Carolina? Does he have something to say as well? Was who else was who else have these people been talking to? Right. Wait. Who's Doug Collins? Is it Doug Collins? It, I think. Yeah, Doug I, Collins. I, I just googled it. Because I from the only Georgia. Doug Collins I know is uh the guy who coached Michael Jordan before he got fired. No, 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 no. Doug by. Collins is <laughs> Doug Collins is running for Senate or was oh. running for Senate and he was right now he's uh a congressperson from Georgia. And it's not the same guy? 
It's definitely not. Uh, I could look into that. It might be, but I will. I'll double check. I don't want to say okay. unequivocally right now. No. Cool. Cool. Um, I am a political expert. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, like wait, I don't no, have isn't a... that the guy who did in the air tonight? <laughs> 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 nah, man, that's that's Phil Collins. <laughs> Right, right, yep. right. Who am I thinking of then? <laughs> That's your expert uh, political insider take. <laughs> Doug Collins, also the name of Michael Jordan's coach from the yeah, 80s. Fair, fair. Fair. Uh, and that's, <laughs> you can take that to the bank. Uh, <laughs> I mean, more than that, like, I would know him more as like a pundit now, right? Wouldn't you can talk about Doug Collins more about being on TV than. I mean, yes, he did coach Michael Jordan, but from I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I mean, we're that's splitting still hairs now over the wrong Doug thing, Collins, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, we let's go right off now? on a side tangent. Uh, <laughs> what do people Paul really Paul, know Doug I, Collins <laughs> for? And also, his legal name is Paul, and Doug is his middle name. So what? Yeah, He's Paul Collins. Some people are just so <laughs> so inherently Dugs that you just yeah. have to. Yeah, they just take on the mantle of being a Doug. Isn't that true? Yeah, isn't it? Do you know Doug who feels really Doug? I know three Dougs, three yeah. Doug Knight, and they all they all they they hold Doug down the Knight? Doug brand. They th- <laughs> yeah. they hold down the Doug brand. Well, my yeah. old roommate's name was Doug, so I don't want you to talk any shit just in case he's listening. But um, okay, in my Is experience, he... Dougs are goofy, independent, uh, dependable dudes. <laughs> yeah, I, I was never talking shit. You know, the <laughs> Dougs they have a unique vibe, more in the sense that like just it's always unique to them you're like yeah you are a dog yeah but yeah. it's nothing like there's no like set of variables or traits Classic. to be like a dog is these five things yeah <laughs> i have a friend who had a kid and uh was trying to name him uh charles and then the government came in and were like no that's actually a dog you have to <laughs> you have to name them doug they're like that's we're sorry okay douglas yeah. they're like we yeah. said dog you get a dog um <laughs> All right, let's talk about Rudy Giuliani, uh, who got the who gets all the good assignments uh, from yeah. the Trump administration, mm-hmm. <laughs> promoting Borat. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> forever changing the way men tuck their shirts in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so Trump did assign Rudy the role of spearhead, uh, as we saw from that tweet from all of the litigation, all of the legal battles that are happening to try and, I guess. I don't know, slow crawl, the eventual concession. Mm -hmm. Um, They tried initially to nullify like 3 million votes in Pennsylvania because their argument was like, there are no poll observers. And then the, the, the judge was like, there are no, you can confirm that. And he's like, well, we know there is a non-zero number of poll worker or poll observers. And they're like, what are you saying? Well, that means there are, if it's non-zero and you're just being vague, get the fuck out of here. So they had, (laughs) they've been having to pivot all these like lawsuits to then be like, now it's just boiling down to we think they made it too easy for people to correct ballots that like weren't signed properly. And even then, you've shrunk your margin down to something that isn't going to be close to, you know, closing the 70,000 vote gap that exists in Pennsylvania. And then the Trump campaign is going on around like, well, we that's not what happened. And they were getting really mad when people pointed out that they were paring down the scope of the lawsuit. So there's nothing of consequence in terms of reversing the results right now. Then after like a bunch of lawyers, like basically said, you know, well, we're not, we don't really want to represent y'all anymore. <laughs> like beast out. They've been doing this sort of merry-go-round of legal representations. And recently they landed on Mark Skaringi, uh, who is a local uh, like radio pundit and lawyer from Harrisburg. And oh, hell he, yeah. he was like, he's like, I'll represent y'all. Like, I know what needs to be done, uh, but I just want to play this because he, on his radio show on November 7th, he said this about what was going on with the Trump campaign. Yeah, including Fox News announced that Joe Biden has won Pennsylvania and Nevada and has now won the presidency. Joe Biden, according to the media, will be the 46th president of the United States of America. Now, I've been saying since Wednesday morning that Biden would win and... To my friends out there uh, in the WHP 580 listening audience and on Facebook and Twitter, in my opinion, there really are no bombshells that are about to drop that will derail a Biden presidency, including these uh, lawsuits. And, and I really don't want to get into a discussion on any of these pending lawsuits filed by the Trump campaign or the state GOPs. And I will say that 
Some of them have merit, uh, certainly like the lawsuits filed by our Pennsylvania Republican Party, led by uh, our great chairman, Lawrence Tabus. Uh, several of the other lawsuits don't seem to have much evidence of substantiating their claims. And at the end of the day, in my view, the litigation will not work. So that's oh. who they have representing them in court is a dude who before this is like, man, they don't really have shit. I've seen this. This is this is this is not a winner. So that I think helped, that caused a little more chaos in Trump world and got Rudy on, you know, Rudy out there. But, you know, when uh, there's a thing a few people pointed out, Rudy has not been in court like in the capacity of an attorney since 1992. And from what I'm seeing on Twitter from journalists that are in the courtroom, as Rudy Giuliani is speaking on Tuesday, he is just rambling to the point that they're cringing reporting on him pretending to be an attorney and talking at a judge like this. I mean, trying that non-zero uh, number of poll observers fuck? is like so strange. Like, Because uh, the judge was like saying, so you're saying there are no poll observers there. And they said, well, there is a non-zero amount. It's like our... Yeah, it's it's really so, a swing. So um yeah, that's that's where we're at. It so feels like they're just trying to save face still from when they um did a speech in the uh in the in an alley or whatever next to a dildo. Oh yeah, shop. total landscaping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the four seasons. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Again, when I keep saying this, bless the president for trusting his worst instincts time and time yeah. and again is to just get yeah. this fucking like idiot in there who fucking doesn't know anything about what's going on and what the perception is of this case and how it's evolved and how like a lot of the judges are just so like exhausted from the nonsense. Like, I yeah. can't believe y'all are in here for this. And it's I have to tell y'all how dumb, powerful people really just stick together and become best friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you don't want you don't want anybody telling you the truth. Yeah. So you just at a certain point, you just need as many yes people around you or as many people who are in on the, you know, illusion, fake narrative that you're all going to live by and be like when Trump is hearing, well, these lawyers who are actually expensive, they realized what it would do to their reputations. They left. It's like, right. yeah, mm -hmm. that's a sign that you're not. You don't, but Rudy's like, get me in there, man. Get me in, coach. I'll fucking tuck my shirt in in front of the judge, and then he'll figure it out. It's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, he's truly just willing to embarrass himself. He's willing to be like, um, he, I don't know, he, he, he feels like Curly from like the Three Stooges. Like he wasn't in the original lineup, um, but then <laughs> right. they kept the show going and they got like a new dumb guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, and then conservative Twitter is really funny because, as I was saying, other people were like, this is not good. What Rudy is saying right now, uh, you have people like Dinesh D'Souza, who's like, I'm waiting. We're all waiting for the mother of all bombs to drop. Drop it, Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani. Like, oh <laughs> have we gotten any speaking of drops? Have we gotten any new Q drops since the election? Or is Q so. still keeping it keeping it close to the vest? About Q how... stands for quiet. <laughs> I'm working on it, you guys. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It does man. seem like they have a couple things working against them because, like, so first of all, they started off after the election being like, we got to find our James Baker type, which is like the sort of thing that, like, you work your entire political career to develop mm -hmm. a bullpen of, like, these shady operators who can, like, steal an election. Mm -hmm. And even if they had James Baker in this, instead of the leftovers after Michael Cohen, who's like an incompetent asshole, like is gone and they have the people who come in after that, like even if they had your James Bakers uh, of the world, like they still wouldn't be able to like they, they lost in too many different ways in too many different states. Like yeah. they like even the good, the best of the best rat fuckers would not be able to steal it. Fuck I don't this rat. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what he's trying to do uh, in his final days as the president, because there, there's a New York Times report coming out that he is basically like entertaining military strike options on Iranian nuclear facilities, and yeah. that was last Thursday uh, as the walls were closing in. And somehow Pompeo 
and uh, General Mark Milley managed to convince him that was a bad idea. But like yeah, they, that's where his head's at. Yeah, they're like, no, no, no. They're like, this is off the table. This isn't realistic. Like, you can't, this, no. We don't have options right now mm-hmm. because shit is so tense. Uh, there's no way you can do that without completely, you know, uh, the region going up. And I think yeah. for, for for those that aren't up to speed, right, because it's all around the nuclear deal and all of this tension because he's like, they've got more enriched uranium. We got to do something, you know, was sort of his motivation. So in 2015, the Obama-Bainan administration reached a deal with Iran about limiting its nuclear capabilities. And part of that deal was like, look, you allow outside observers to come in to monitor your progress and we'll lift those sanctions that are literally fucking killing your country. Uh, that's the, yeah. that's the, That's the deal. Then when Trump came in, he wanted to be Bobby Badass and be like, oh, you know, the fuck, I'm putting Iran on alert, on notice or whatever. I remember it was like one of the first things he said as president. Everyone's like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And eventually pulled out of the Iran deal without really any reason aside from like the black guy did it and I don't like it and I'm here to reverse everything. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. Uh, right now, they have substantially more enriched uranium than in 2015, but it's still not enough to make a single weapon but he still like wants to do something like you can tell there's still he I think realizes he was talking a lot of shit. He was being real hawkish about Iran. And all he managed to do was assassinate one of their military leaders and which Iran has, I think, pretty much still stated that they have yet to avenge his assassination. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's another foreign policy thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it would have been something, too, for him to just cause a full on international incident on his way out. But I think a lot of the reasoning, too, that was coming or the resistance that was coming even from within his administration is that, like, look, a lot of even the base doesn't isn't for increased military action in the Middle East. Like, that's not a thing your supporters clamor clamor for, let alone the fucking world. Uh, But I don't know. That's these these are the kinds of things that was always making me unsettled about what these last 63 days or so are going to look like, because he still is the president. He still can do shit like this and i don't know like you know at what point he goes like i don't give a fuck anymore i'm fucking flipping the table you know what i mean like what that looks like because this is you know this is like one of those moments where shit could have gotten absolutely out of control very quickly yeah i wonder which uh which one of his dictator friends he like promised to like start the ruckus with (laughs) uh, for on his way out i have no idea yeah i mean it's interesting because it seemed like his plan seems to be based totally around like which things are going to make the biggest splash in his base still mm-hmm. like so bombing Iran and also like pulling the troops out was another thing that he's talking about doing like bringing all the mm-hmm. troops home in his last 63 days uh so it's just like there's no coherent strategy beyond just like owning the establishment yeah and I mean, who the the foreign policy shit is? It can be really tenuous, right? Because there's still an embassy in Baghdad, and you start fucking, you know, fucking around with uh, aggressors in that region, that becomes a target. Oh, and yeah. you know, you have Benghazi 2.0, which Republican, you know, like I could see them creating an environment where there's an attack on an embassy, and then during the Biden Biden administration, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, what did you do to protect them?" It's like I don't know if you remember. Trump was fucking shaking that shit up on the way out. And then Mm -hmm. the lack of transitional information put people in a weird spot. I don't know. So I, 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 I I hope that uh, these cooler heads keep prevailing. I'm really surprised Mike Pompeo was part of that group that said no, considering his like fantasies of like the end times Mm -hmm. um, and how you kind of need all of those, like all of those powers in that region fighting each other. Um, but yeah, it could have been Putin too, who's just like, hey, not not right now, please. Just <laughs> right. I'm I'm really right. I'm really tired. I think I have to retire also. So let's, let's just let's just make this easy for everybody. Yeah, have we heard anything else on that? On Putin possibly retiring? It seems like that got deaded real quick, but uh that could just I mean, be I, because yeah, he I, literally deads anything that he doesn't want to exist. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a thing that I feel like people have been speculating for years because like at first it was like the way he was walking. People were like, what the, what is that? Like, is he injured? What's going on? So who knows? The way he only scored 18 goals in that hockey exhibition with the yeah. Russian national team. Mm-hmm. People were like, uh oh, that's that's way down from his typical 33. 
<laughs> Let's talk real quick. Uh, one thing, one thing the Biden administration will not be doing is holding the president accountable with any sorts of investigations. Uh, at least according to people familiar with Biden's thinking heading into the transition, he's thinking, you know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do any, uh, any investigations, or at least that's not going to be something he prioritizes because he just wants to move forward and take the high road directly up his own asshole uh, is, <laughs> yeah. is where we're headed. Yeah, it just seems like Biden wants to do the thing that is perceived as like the right thing in a bullet point statement on CNN. Um, but right. it like from a long-term perspective, this is creating a reality where the Republican party does not need to follow rules. And then the Democrats come in and follow rules and are yeah. just like, we got to move forward. Got to let our nation heal from like whatever just happened. Cause when Obama came into office, he, you know, there was all sorts of just horrifying malfeasance that yeah. the uh, Bush administration had done with regards to torture and his war on terror. And the Obama administration just moved forward and we're like, we're all about healing. We're not going to, you know, yeah, I think to hold the to hold Trump accountable for stuff, he would have to also hold Democrats responsible for a lot of the stuff uh, that they also yeah. do. So, yeah. It, yeah. he doesn't want to create this slippery slope where people are um, wanting better from their politicians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit! It's uh, wow. I mean, could you imagine? Like, how is how is there any deterrence now for if you don't if you don't follow through on holding people accountable for the shit that's been going on. Like, especially at this level. Yeah. Um, you know, this, I can't even, it's like if you're, you, you had like a babysitter or like, you know, and you, they have your friends over and you fuck the house up and like, Oh shit, the babysitter about to be here, man. Like, Oh, they're going to fucking tell on us. What the fuck? And they come in and they just like, you're like bracing yourself for them to be like, Oh, I'm fucking calling your parents. They're about to fuck <laughs> you up. This shit is unacceptable. And the, the babysitters comes in and goes, Come on, guys. What? Oh, really? Come on now. Heck. You're better than this. You're going right. to be like, oh, I love this babysitter because every time they yeah. come through, I can fuck around and they don't do <laughs> shit. And actually, I am in control. And that's what if we're always beholden to the reactions of conservatives, there's no like that's that that power dynamic is how we're going to end up at the fucking bottom. Yeah, the and high that, road doesn't work. There's never been a time in my life where I've taken the high road and um felt happier about it um revenge is good we should embrace revenge <laughs> um or avenging um as a country um i truly think that yeah um, especially yeah, if we, only one side is doing is like the other side is holding people accountable or at least like trying to find a way to hold people accountable uh, yeah. using their fucking doj as like a war hammer and then their like just allowed to yeah the the in your babysitter analogy the babysitter then tells you to go to your friend's house while they clean up your mess yeah and then, and then also you it's like do you guys want and... you guys want any beer while i'm at the store <laughs> right <laughs> what the store getting cleaning supplies to clean up your fucking mess. are you serious because yeah i mean who i can only imagine what this what some of these people in this cabinet are going to be doing like you know like yeah. while, while I'm, we'll get a lot of like nice optic wins or things that are like we're doing this this and this it's like we're also, we got some really cool tax cuts coming for certain uh, industries, you know, that's on the low. <laughs> and you're going to have to really look at the tax code to figure that out. It'll probably take you three months. But, yeah. you know, that's the that's the flow of things. And I really, like I said, even before when the election was happening, I, have, I still have so much anger about yeah. what this administration was allowed to do to vulnerable people in this country undisturbed. Yeah. And if we don't actually show the people that were, the, you know, greatly affected by this administration that there is a party or people that are at the levers who are saying you know what i don't worry i, I, I didn't remember i didn't forget that shit because i got some for them too about that because that's not right that's not how i want to do things that would that i think that would cause more healing but this idea that we need to coddle people because we're afraid of you know holding them accountable you're just going to be that parent who just has their kids like walking all over them and then totally. years down the road you're like i don't understand why i don't have any control like self-control it's like it's not like i was oh, oh yeah i was just encouraging it the whole time 
Yeah, there's still so many like apathy minded um, people that I knew that when Biden won, um, they kind of went to this kind of like, oh, well, that's just how it goes. It yings and it yangs. Like politics is always like this. I told you it'll work out. Everything would be fine. It's just like, no, just because things don't immediately affect you um, and you don't you're not going to have the cognizance to realize how bad things have gotten until you're like too old to do something about it doesn't mean you're some kind of brain genius. <laughs> right. Um, and we're overreacting to things. We're not overreacting. Um, no, we're not. We're under America. America is a moldy loaf of bread. And right mm-hmm. now the mold is on the black and brown parts. Yeah. And right. The crust. The people, and the like, people on the good. inside, they're like, I don't see mold around me. It's like, well, don't worry, honey. It's coming <laughs> also <laughs> for you. This shit doesn't stop. Uh, the way like, I love people- pretzels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but truly i mean like it's it really is like it's well it's only real to me if i can see it but uh trust if you if you read any amount of analysis about what the living conditions are for people in the united states you can very clearly see there is an accelerated you know entropy like it's things are rotting um Mm -hmm. and we have no we have no way to stop it unless we really actually like take shit seriously and be like, it's actually not just about what's happening to me. It's about what we, the environment we're creating as a whole in this country, not just in our little fucking bubbles. Yeah. The mold yeah. is coming. It's coming. Yeah. And if the democratic party continues to be the, the party of the establishment viewpoint of like corporate media and corporate politics, which is like what they're kind of angling to be where they just, uh, are the establishment that the Republican party attacks from the outside. And then the left has to like try to work within. And I think the left is going to stop trying to work within then like the, the country's pretty fucked uh, at yeah. that point. Well, I think that's why a lot of people are like, don't fuck around. Like don't, you know, if, if we're putting people in office, don't fuck up and yeah. just take things for granted because at a certain yeah. point, you know, People are going to have to pack their shit up and be like, well, fuck it. We don't need this party. We'll just, right. we'll just be a fucking thorn in the side because either way, the both sides seem to be pulling for the same class of people. Yeah. yeah. For me, like when people say that they're like um, socially liberal, fiscally conservative, I'm just like, you mean fuck a Democrat? Off. Just be a Democrat. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Socially liberal, but yeah. Brody, to your point about the people who are like, I'm so smart that I'm telling you, like, even though I believe in the same thing as you, like, mm-hmm. I have to tell you, like, how to, like, communicate that in a way that people are going to accept. And, like, just speaking of, like, the American people as this, like, vague, like, conservative yeah. slash moderate, like, base of people that, like, you have to lie to in order to get them, like, on your side. I just, like that yeah. drives me fucking crazy, especially as there's just more and more evidence every fucking day that that's not the case. And that the thing that the American people object to is that they're being you, they can tell they're being lied to and that you're just saying mm-hmm. polite things to try and get them on your side. But then you're not willing to do the thing that would actually help them. Yeah, uh, I'm a cynic and like I always have been, but there's. I there, one thing I hate is definitely that kind of like baby's first like existentialism thing where people kind of get a little bit nihilist and they 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 think that like well um, uh, politics has always been cynical politics has always been like mean natured um, and just like socially people just look out for their own selves and I think it's really time for us to, as Americans like reckon that we do have a culture and our culture is so much more um, individualist than a lot of the rest of the country or a lot of the rest of the planet. And we could do a lot better than what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And, but then you're going to come up against the American ego, which goes, Oh, we can do better. Are you fucking kidding me? We're number <laughs> we're the freaking best, one, dude. We're freaking number one, dude. <laughs> All we right. Got hippie, the best go smoke some granola in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But oh, have you had a truly to... seltzer? <laughs> okay, yeah, tell me we can get we can do better than that. Fuck no. Whatever you do, don't try to forgive people's student debt though, because that will piss them oh my off. God. Don't get me. Don't even get me started <sighs> I'm on that. So I'm 
I'm Molly Shannon. I'm that comedian now. Don't get me started. Don't even, <laughs> Don't get, even me get me started. Am I right, ladies. Uh, it's. <laughs> I mean, I just the, the takes continue. I don't. I know we didn't really plan on talking about that, but everything I'm reading is so absurd about these attacks against canceling student debt. Like, oh man, like then no one's gonna learn how to pay their bills if you like start forgiving their debt. Like, Ridiculous. What the fuck are you talking about? The people who already paid off their debt are going to be so pissed that like these other people don't get oh. it. It's like that is purely an abstraction like that you have put together based on like your idea that everybody is like part of this like market capitalists mm -hmm. like yeah. neoliberal bullshit viewpoint that like only you guys really subscribe to them. Like people no. are just going to be happy for each other. Yeah, yeah the resentment Kaplan, comes from debt holders. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mike <laughs> yeah. Kaplan tweeted yesterday. Um, this, this isn't the tweet I was going to talk about, but um, he tweeted, let's try and make it so everyone has everything they need. And then the counterpoint was, but isn't it unfair to people who already have everything they need? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> huh. I think that's Hard. like so poignant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, like the real reason canceling college debt scares people is that like America's economy is basically it depends on a series of like parasitic uh, like middlemen industries that um, it, they, they're like in, impeding like us being like a functional society right. and they don't want to just like disintegrate and um, have us all realize that we don't need them at all. Right, um, right. All these like insurance, um, private insurance industry people, um, like unnecessary like financial services, um, they yeah. exist to like, squeeze money from people. Exactly. Yeah. Well, cause like it's, cause that's the deal is like, hold on, I see an opportunity to make some money there. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do yeah. that. So now all these things that should be like rights that people have, like a right to food or housing or healthcare or an education, there's always someone there to be like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We could be making yeah. more money off of this before we start giving this shit away for free. Now, how about we start our own college and then <laughs> we'll, and then we'll get a, people to pay us a lot more money. Fuck all this state shit. And even then we can right. raise the prices and the, and the tuitions on that shit too. It's, it is really sad to see Making because, sense. yeah <laughs> but you know like you look at any other country and people are always like what do you mean like it's people make money off of running a school like a university they're like they're wealthy <laughs> or they're like what do you like doctors make uh, like just millions and millions of dollars in some cases what huh these aren't rights mm -hmm. oh you guys have a fucking hellscape of a country okay oh, now it makes sense mm. you gotta have that threat of death looming over your head or else Threat of debt. What's going to happen? Debt, death, uh, not being able to uh, afford to feed your kids or take them well, to the hospital. That, that's the thing. I think that's one of the reasons why we never tackle the uh, unhoused crisis that we have in this country because we need those people to let keep people bought into capitalism. Right. They'll be like, oh, yeah. what you going to do? End up like that? Yeah, right. I need to You better. You damn sure you're going to get on your bicycle and, and let me fucking make all this money off of you. You know what I mean? Like, as if there wasn't. We would have that would begin to show a humane society. People are like, wait, hold on now. I don't have the the same things in, at, that are stimulating me to keep buying into this really fucked up cycle of uh, disempowering or giving my power away. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, and Michael Bay's pandemic thriller Songbird uh, will hit video on demand just in time for Christmas. Uh, so that's good news for, I think, everybody's Christmas plans. Uh, Wait, he had a were... movie? He has a movie. Uh, it's not, he didn't direct it. Uh, oh, he okay. just produced it, but it's kind of in keeping with his strategy of making movies about uh, not just recent history, but like history that is still unfolding and causing conservative people to um, lose their minds. Uh, they, mm -hmm. He did the Benghazi movie, uh, and now he's doing a COVID-19 movie uh, while we are still in lockdown. And the whole thing is about like an evil government that is coming and like using the threat of infection to like stomp on people's rights basically and like halt sweep them up into Q camps, which are quarantine camps. Okay. Um, yeah. So people are pointing out that it could be, could be seen as tone deaf and insensitive, 
and asking Michael Bay to read the room. Uh, he can't which... do that. He can't do any of those things. <laughs> he, he, he makes movies about um, with very clear villains in them. And then during making those movies, he'll fire people for looking him in the eyes. So yeah. <laughs> I think we're expecting too much of him. <laughs> uh, the movie is set in 2024. Uh, and it the lead is Hot Archie from uh, Riverdale. Um, oh, okay. So that's cool. Um, okay. But yeah, everyone is dealing with the COVID-23 pandemic. You thought COVID-19 <laughs> was bad? No, no. It's called COVID-23. Are you serious? This one's oh, COVID-23. Oh. It's oh, four no. more, bro. Oh, my uh, God. This one infects your brain. There's also like wide shots of uh, the Santa Monica Pier looking uh, with the Ferris wheel looking like a pizza with a couple slices taken out of it. For some reason, I guess oh, the like virus out. is eating our Ferris wheels or something. Well, yeah, um, famously, people get angry at Ferris wheels when they have COVID. Always. Like, Yo, fuck this yeah. Ferris wheel! <laughs> um, and the the wild thing is that, like, so they shot this in the quarantine. Like, during, it was the first movie to shoot in Los Angeles after lockdown. Of course. Uh, wow. And it's, and it's just so on the nose bad. <laughs> right. Interesting. They, they had a hard time like getting SAG after uh, to sign off on their uh, plans. They mm-hmm. made a bunch of adjustments. And finally, it was like they made it seem like it was going to be super locked down and like the healthiest place that you could possibly be. Uh, and then anonymous crew members came out and were like, yo, it's not like that at all. It's not. It's not safe. Nobody feels safe. It's bad. Um, oh. Yeah. So all <laughs> around. Save. It's not good. Please help me. Please, yeah. please. He has uh, COVID-23 vials already. He has the virus. <laughs> it's not a joke, everyone. Please. Um, also, on that side of uh, the national mindscape, we also have Parler making, a, making big moves. Uh, after Biden was declared the winner, uh, the Parler app shot up to number one on Apple's App Store. Uh, also, there was an app called Parler. So Parler, the bad one, is P-A-R-L-E-R. Uh, there was also an app called P-A-R-L-O-R that was <laughs> clearly being downloaded by people who didn't know how to spell Parler. I'm um, just like very confused old people. Yeah, I think it might um, actually be pronounced Parlay. Oh yeah, <laughs> they they're sticklers. If nothing else, Q conspiracy theorists are sticklers for French pronunciation. Um, but John Tesh, I can't keep up with all the celebrities who are like going full conservative. John Tesh apparently was trending on Twitter, and not because he died, uh, which oh. I think a lot of people assumed it was because he oh, tweeted, right. "Meet me over at parlorparlay.com at John Tesh and say goodbye to viciousness." And censorship. Mm-hmm. John Tesh is a patron saint of the Daily Zeitgeist for his performance, his live oh, performance of the, the NBA on NBC, NBA on NBC theme. Oh uh, no, that is I got to stop listening to that. Well, it's just no. There's like a clip. I guess I like my sex playlist now. Yeah, he had like a live concert where he was like. Here's an interesting one. Uh, actually, people don't know this, but I, I remember this is this is the actual voicemail I sent myself when I was um, recording the song, and it's like him singing it like into his phone. It's it's kind of it's really out there, but when you realize it's such an aggressive '90s sounding song that yeah, yeah it it could only take someone be like, hold on, I gotta call my I gotta call my answering machine service now and go. <laughs> Like it was like okay, you really thought it's it. awesome. You're receiving a collect call from. Would you like to accept? Nope, never heard of them. Okay, John, I got it, and we saved some money. The performance is amazing though, because he like does a fake basketball dribble that proves that he oh yeah has never dribbled a basketball yeah in his life. Stick to the right wing. Takes John Tesh. Yeah, yeah. One parlor user wrote, "They're on parlor to show the world we won't let communists steal the White House." Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as we learn more about Parler, uh, we learn how it's funded. And they, so there's no ads on Parlay. Uh, it's actually just relying on right wing investors like Dan Bongino. All right. <laughs> 
and who? The Mercers. Oh, fucking course. You know <laughs> them, you love them, folks. Yeah. The in a parley, uh, which is what Parler calls its posts, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Uh, a user with the handle Rebecca Mercer um and a yellow verified badge. Uh so they they changed it up. It's not blue anymore. Uh, said she and John, an apparent refle- reference to Parler CEO John Matsey, started Parlay to provide a neutral platform for free speech as our founders intended. Uh, and that is Rebecca Mercer. So, right. Um, right. Free speech, which means still an arena that's set up by billionaires where they still control what the dialogue is. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah, our, the- as our founders intended. Okay. That tracks. Yeah, the How many terms uh, of service white girls, are... uh, named Parley do you think you'll meet in like 15 years? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no. You just like warn your, your children. You're like, if you meet someone named Parley, make sh- find out what that's about before, before you bring them home. Um, the Yeah, like you were saying, the community guidelines are less permissive than Twitter's terms of service. <laughs> um, they, they remove... They're over here being like, it's free speech. They remove users regularly uh, because it's a much smaller platform, so mm-hmm. they can just like actually like look over people's posts and decide what they think about it. Can you post porn on it? Can I get verified? No porn, I... no pictures of dog shit. Uh, oh, oh. There is a chance that we could get verified if we just decided to go full right wing. Um, oh, great. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm just, oh, you only have to give your social security number. Okay, that's that tracks. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things that they uh, say in their terms of service. You might be asked to provide your social security number. Um, I mean, if people can't even put their OnlyFans on it, um, it's not going to do well. I mean, look at Tumblr. Yeah, right. (laughs) They took their explicit content off, and now no one knows what Tumblr is. Um, People listening to this don't even get this joke because no one knows what it is. (laughs) No. God, how far we've fallen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's they say specifically they don't tolerate hate speech, so it's just a an attempt to court. I mean, what are they right gonna monet? They're gonna monetize this with what my pillow guy ads? Probably, yeah, probably eventually ads from like the three corporations but, who would be interested in right and there. and like at some point, are, are, do any of these companies figure out they're like, man, our business is kind of tanking because we're so aligned with like this shitty right wing ideology that like we're actually putting people off from our product that isn't just you know mm-hmm. racists who like that we're the one company who's willing to ignore racism publicly and privately embrace it. Yeah, I bet they are not having that conversation. Uh, would be my guess. Ah, uh, well, good luck to them. Are the McCloskeys on there? Are they verified yet? Uh, I almost definitely, but I actually don't know. I need to, I need okay. to fact check that. Yeah, well, I don't think we'll. I, I'm surprised, like, like you know, progressive leftist trolls haven't gone on there and just completely been like, all right, yeah, here we're also on here talking about stuff. Yeah, get that the you don't want to see stands on there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Brody, it has been a pleasure as always having you. Where can people uh, find you and follow you? Um, you could follow me at AO Brobro on Twitter and Instagram. I'm usually a little bit more on Twitter. I'm kind of taking the year off of posting a lot of content and stuff, but um, I will be posting a lot on Instagram coming up soon. There you yeah, go. yeah. All right. Especially now with fucking Twitter looking like Instagram. What the, the fuck are these fleets? I know. Uh, it's the way I can't believe we didn't talk about this. More yeah. like fleece. Am I right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, is there a tweet or a fleet that you've been enjoying? <laughs> um, yeah, one tweet that um, I unexpectedly tugged at my heartstrings was from um, this user, Orb Goddess. <laughs> um, and the the context of the tweet was, y'all don't even understand this is all I wanted. I haven't spoken to my family in so long. This person is a... Um, a trans person and I, I guess they've been like disconnected with their family and the tweet says it's just like a text thread um, from this person's brother I think it says hey Gwen um, I hope you're doing well your dad and I miss you um, it tells your bro tells me you're doing well I'm so happy for you just found out that we haven't been in touch and that breaks my heart um, I would love to hear from you please know that your dad and I accept you for who you are and I'll, you will always have a home with us 
love you and hoping that you come for Thanksgiving. And I just, <laughs> I cried when I read it. So oh <laughs> I thought a little bit of positivity might be, might be good for all of us. Yeah. Holidays. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray, and also the other podcast for Twenty Day Fiance. Uh, we're talking Ninety Day Fiance and Married at First Sight, actually, because we just, we can't stop watching this trash. Uh, some tweets that I like. Uh, this one is from at Proust Malone, <laughs> uh, saying. This is a tweet saying, trying to get canceled today. Here's my best effort. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is an extraordinary achievement in military-industrial complex propaganda written at, the, at a fourth-grade reading level and should be laughed out of the building. Okay. Wow. Pretty spot on. Uh, another one, at Kyle Plant Emoji. Uh, why are they called paintings? You're done. That there's a painting. Then <laughs> <laughs> at uh, Mills, Mills I'm Dev uh, tweeted... The book of Genesis is literally just God inventing a guy to be mad at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was lonely. It was lonely for him. Yeah, I got it. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, Cody Johnson tweeted, Twitter is proud to introduce our innovative new feature called Farmville. Uh, <laughs> you Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on Miles. What are we riding out on? This is a from a uh, little instrumental music from E. Jones, and it's called SLD. Uh, and then in parentheses, Quiet Storm Hour. And it's got a, man, this beat just, I don't know. It reminds me of just like golden era boom bap beats. And so, yeah. hey, if, if you want to start freestyling, put this on loop and just uh, throw your fucking dookie chain on and, and get going. But yeah, this is <laughs> SLD by E. Jones. All right. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye.